State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Straight Shot, No Chaser with your girl, Tesla Figaro. You know I'm always looking for allies. Allies are cool, but I love my straight shooters. Straight Shot, giving it to you raw, unfiltered, unscripted. Straight Shot shooters are my listeners. And today you're going to get it raw with my girl, Sunny Johnson. I am really, really excited about this. She has interviewed me on multiple occasions, but this is actually, I think, the first time I've had a chance to interview her at least in five, seven maybe seven or eight years. So this is really exciting. My guest today is the host of Sunny's Corner. Did she say that? Yes, she did say that. She said what she said. She's on Sirius XM and I'm so excited to have her today. We're going to get into it. Uh, today we'll be talking about the Black Conservative Co-op. Sunny and I, we don't need notes. We don't need predetermined questions because we just get it in how we how we live it. And uh, we've been on many panels uh, to talk about this, but this is my first time uh, that I am interviewing her on my new iHeart podcast. So I'm really, really excited. Welcome, Sunny. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations, sis. Yes, thank you. Well, why does it feel like the real ones is winning, man? <laughs> yes, ma'am. And let me say this to you, Sunny. You were one of the first national 
radio hosts that actually reached out, embraced what I was talking about, even though you're conservative. And I don't even want to say I'm liberal. You know, I'm I, as you know, I'm independent. I, there's some things that I support on the conservative side, some things I support on the liberal side. But you were certainly the first conservative on a national level that say, hey, we may not agree with everything, but I'm rocking with you. So thank you so much for always being that support. It's sis. the, yo, sis, it's the work. If you're doing the work, that's all that matters to me. But as long as you're in this game and you're actually doing the work, you actually have our community at the heart of everything you're doing. And when you fight with it, you put everything that we know to be true on the line for it. And if that's the way you rock and I'm rocking with you and nothing else really matters to me. And I, I think I've proven that over the years. Absolutely. And, and, and with that said, you and I did a panel uh, with Lawrence Jones at Fox and it ended it was about racism in America. And you got the final word with ending about, which is, it, it was beautiful because it ties right into what I want to talk to you about today, which is the Black conservative co-op, because we don't hear that subject a lot. And it ended with you talking about how conservatives do not go to the hood. They don't reach out. You know, you blame Democrats for coming around every four years or whatnot, which you definitely dispelled that myth to say, no, they're around because they're in their communities. The question is, why is it conservatives don't ever come to the communities and ever push and ever push you know, the agenda. And it didn't go back to me. But the thing I wanted to say after you said it was you don't rock with my girl, Sonny, the way you used to. I swear, since I was going to say that because you were on Fox way before, you know, I've had an opportunity or Lawrence or anybody else. I remember way back with you and Tim Johnson, which is how when, when I met Tim Johnson and saw you on that panel where they brought in black conservatives. And that had to be maybe a Maybe at least a decade ago, if 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 not if not even I, earlier. Two thousand and ten, if I'm not so, mistaken. Yeah. 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 So de definitely a decade ago. And they brought in, I'll never forget it was a Sean Hannity episode and brought in black conservatives on, you know, what conservatism is and hearing it from people that are on the ground. And somehow that has shifted and changed. Can you tell me why? Um it, during that episode, that's kind of when I got my wake up call to what was expected of you as a black conservative or a black Republican, whatever. So we go on the panel. The whole panel is about black Republicans, black conservatives. Everything revolves around our color. Everything revolves around us being black. And the very first question that we were asked were, was about being colorblind. Like, I remember this. It, it's burned into my mind because I was like, wait a minute. How are you going to bring us on a black conversation to talk about being colorblind? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. So at the beginning of it, you can if you watch the whole thing, you can see me at the beginning of it, like trying to play along. But by the end of it, I was like, yo, no, y'all have lost y'all. Y'all lost y'all damn minds up in here. Like what in the world is going on? They don't want to talk about black issues. They don't want to put our community at the forefront of these conversations. They don't want to discuss the problems and therefore they cannot provide solutions. It is just a big ball of who can be the best Negro in the room at the time? And that person gets flowers laid at their feet. And when you come along and you're like, I don't want your damn flowers. I want policy. I want on the ground. I want actual effectual change. Then you become a pariah. And so I quickly realized that either I was going to drop out altogether and just stop or I was going to end up fighting an entire system by myself. And I just chose to fight the system. 
Yeah. Tell me why you're a conservative, Sonny. Outside of, I I know that a lot of, because even though we say we disagree on a lot, I think we agree on more. And I I don't even know we've ever had a conversation deeply on what we deeply disagree with. I I think we spend so much time on the issues that we agree with that we don't sit around and say, let's figure out where we disagree. But I I think what we what we share uh, and what I share with a lot of my black conservative friends are the values that I was raised on. A lot of Black Americans were raised with conservative, whether they want to agree with it or not. My grandmother is the most conservative person uh, that I know, and she votes Democrat. She's a Democrat. That's who she always is and, and what she's always known. But tell me personally for you, Sonny, why do you call yourself a conservative or do you try to stay out of that box, quote unquote, of being called a conservative? Tell, tell me why you are I, who you are. I most definitely call myself a conservative, and it would be a lot easier for me if I just stopped. You know what I'm saying? Like if I if I really just stopped and was just like, no, I I could change the title. But when it boils down, that's what I am. And it could go back. I could go back and I can look at it from four different points of view as far as. And these are the things that make up myself. These are the things that are most important to me. I have four areas, which is my faith, um, my community, my culture and history. I was raised as a conservative. I was raised with very, very conservative values. I was in a household where traditionalism was at the forefront of everything that we did. Looking at our community in a way where we are the stewards of it. We don't expect other people to be the stewards of it. We have to take care of the old in our community. We have to take care of the sick in our community. We have to, like, that's how my mother raised us. It's not waiting for someone else is how do you get yourself up to start doing it? And then if you go into the culture, it was, I wouldn't be a conservative if it wasn't for Jay-Z. And that's just the way it is. He was the first one to got to um, actually have me start thinking about money and how money works and how it's relative to the situations that we find ourselves in. So one of the first verses that I heard from him, from him that made me actually sit back and pause was, your single was 99 cents and mine was four bucks. And I'm like, wait a minute. So what is the di- what, what is the difference there? Why would one album cost more than, than the other? And I actually remember sitting and having this mental thought process with myself over that single Jay-Z lyric. And if you want to look at the history of it, everybody from Frederick Douglass who had the, uh, uh, poly- uh, the viewpoint that if you want to help the Negro get out of our way, like we are as skilled, we are as adept, we are as able as you are. If you get the hell out of our way, you'll see what we're able to accomplish. So from the mold of Frederick Douglass through Booker T. Washington, where he was like, OK, yes, we are all of these things. But this is how you put the money in place. This is how you build the infrastructure. This is how you build the institutions, not just having the money, but also being able to take that money and build up institutions that support your community. This is how you do it. Then you would go to like a Carter Woodson that was like during this entire process, you also have to remember your history. You also have to remember where you came from. You also have to remember the trials that you've been through because you're probably going to at some point in the future have to go through through them again. And this gives you a blueprint about how to overcome them instead of falling into the same trap. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future. 
building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. You get criticized a lot on the conservative side for challenging conservatives and Republicans, which I think is different. And so people are listening to you talk about what conservatives don't do. And I'm sure wondering, well, then why are you conservative? Can you go into why you being a conservative doesn't mean you don't call out racism. It doesn't mean that you don't understand that there's racism on the conservative or the Republican side. Can you talk about how this happens on both sides? It's not and, and just because you're choosing to call out one doesn't mean it doesn't happen on the other. I really see them as two wings of the same bird, personally, me. But when you see these black conservatives, which is really getting into the topic of the black conservative co-op, let's just call it what it is, Sonny. There's a lot of popular black conservatives who are out there that only challenge black people, that only diss black people, that only try to tear down black people and uplift white people in that space. Let's go ahead and talk about 
what's type of what's some of the clown shit that you see that you think needs to stop? Like let's 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 go ahead and be sunny and Tez as usual. Let's just have let's just get well, straight to it and say let's talk about some of that clown shit. One of the one of the one of the things they often do is come and they all be like, why don't you talk about the Democrats? And in which case I'm like, Tez got that. Tez, Tez over there and she's gonna make sure that they are held accountable. So while Tez is monitoring them, I got you. So I'm not going to take my eyes off of you. And that's just the way it's going to work. So the most basic thing is this whole concept that if black people don't support Republicans or conservatives, then they are slaves. They are mental slaves. They don't know what's best for them. They don't know what's good for them. And I think like that, to me, is the most disgusting element of it. Now, some of the most prevalent ones are when they say that they're colorblind and they're not black. They're American. But out of all of those, the one that pisses me off the most is the limiting of the black intellect to think that it is it's just our mental IQ levels that stop us from looking at Republicans, not our own lying, you know, not our own eyes and the things we see. In every occurrence, when all of these issues come up, not our ears and what we hear, not the lack of your presence, not the lack of a policy platform, not the lack of actual engagement or any kind of commonality with our culture. In fact, all you do is tell our culture to shut up, sit down and and be quiet. Like there is a myriad of reasons black people do not like conservatives and do not like Republicans. And none of them have to do with our IQ. And you can see it based on the fact that they won't debate with me. They won't have the conversation with me. They won't have the discussion. They would rather run and hide and put their head in the sands because they know they can't fight it. And they know that they're fake and they are flawed. And that's all that is presented to the right as these are the black people that will accept us. So the majority of every one of these black conservatives or Republicans that you see, they'll they'll be talking about one of three subjects. So you'll be having them talk about immigration. They'll be talking about abortion or they'll be talking about how the Democrats are the real racists. Find one black conservative that is not talking about those three things. And the only other avenue is Second Amendment. But those aren't in the um, you will get paid if you talk about it category. The three things that get you paid on the right is if you talk about immigration, if you talk about pro-life, and if you protect the Republican Party from calls of racism by calling Democrats the real racists. That is what gets you paid. You keep saying getting paid. And so basically what you're saying is that most of the talking heads that you're seeing that you're seeing out there, it's about the bag. It's not about where you really just stand, because there is a difference between your concern. This is what I want listeners to really understand. We've now been talking for about 20 minutes or so. Now, one time have we mentioned what politician we're supporting. We've only talked about the things that we believe in. The things that you believe in fall into conservative, liberal. What are your views? What are your ideologies? How you vote is if those ideologies line up with the Democrat or Republican candidate. So you'll hear us talking about conservative, Republican, you know, because those are different things and different ideologies. But we're talking about ideology and your beliefs and your belief system. But what you're saying is that belief system conflicts with the bag. You're saying that conservative or Republican talking heads, black specifically, because that's what this show is about, are moving not based upon the principles that you believe in because those principles are compromised because they want the bag. Is that correct? Yes. And and you can di- differentiate them 
if they go off of those three topics. If they talk about something other than those three topics, then it's probably someone who is actually focused on something. But if you actually go and you look at every one of these talking heads, I can promise you they're talking about one of these three topics. And it's because it, it is it is the list that they are given that they must stay with it. One thing you will never hear them talking about is black economics. One thing you will never hear them talking about is black em empowerment. You will never hear them other than quoting a number. You will never hear them talk about black entrepreneurship. You will never hear them talk about black ownership. You will never hear them talk about black equity. Those are all things that should be included within any conservative package that is given out right. to any community. Because it's the founding, one of the founding principles. But in order to talk about that, you have to talk about institutional racism exactly. and you have to talk about the difference between inequality and equity and then you have to get into those uncomfortable conversations and that's not even the biggest portion of it the biggest portion of it is to understand that the only way you're going to solve it is if you're on the ground there is no federal way to solve it because that is not how our system is set up that is not how our republic functions and conservatives and republicans know this they understand this. So if you hear them talking to their base, they will talk to their base about the importance of local government. They will talk to their base about the importance of the school board. They will talk to their base about the importance of city council. When it comes to a black community, they're not touching those subjects because they know they're not showing up. If you're going to be a conservative, be a damn conservative and apply it equally across the board. If you're going into your community talking about empowerment and rebuilding and, and institutional change at some level within your community, why aren't you taking that to the black community? And again, if you're going to tell me that's because you're colorblind and then you're going to wonder why I'm looking at you like you're fucking crazy. That's where I find myself with Republicans, because That's they right. always are colorblind until the moment you say, let's take empowerment to this community. Does it matter that it's black? Obviously, it does, because it's the only time you want you don't want to talk about it. It's the only time economics aren't at the forefront. And Democrats are the same way. You you don't hear Democrats talking about, I mean, let's be real. That's why we, you and I get along so well. You don't hear Democrats talk about the same thing. They do not talk about black entrepreneurship. They do not talk about equity. They do not, they talk about inequality, but they don't talk about equity. There's a difference between inequality, meaning giving everybody a two foot box to stand over the, to look over the fence, but they don't talk about equity to say, I may need two boxes or three boxes because I'm too short than the person that's standing next to me. Because when you start getting into equity, now now you're talking about conversations that are out there to say, how has wealth been distributed within our communities? And then it goes back to one of the things we always challenge with Democrats or and or black, even though a lot of your local seats may not necessarily be Democrat or Republican, because a lot of the local seats are nonpartisan. But then you got to look at who's been really been in charge of the bag. And that's where it brings a challenge to say, wait a minute, it's not everybody at the federal level. It's not just Republican. It's not just a white person. This really just comes down to policies and the, and the principles that you push. But when you look at the Democrat side or the liberal side, it's all 
always minorities, people of color. Well, minorities, white women fall into that. People of color, that's anybody other than white. When you really start talking about a black agenda and balancing out the inequality and the equity, that is where you find both Democrats and Republicans, conservative and liberals, running from the real conversation because now you're talking about really changing within our communities. So the same talking points that you talked about are the same ones you hear on the other side that says, okay, immigration, you make your point about the conservatives make their point or or Republicans, if you will, about immigration. But then I'm going to make my point about when we talk about people locked in cages or family separation, I'm going to talk about the 94 crime bill because those were folks who were locked in cages and folks separated from, and and it's not- And they get ticked, right? Because like, how dare you bring it back to black people? How dare you like, because if nobody else is going to, then I am. And let me say this because I don't want no confusion. Me bringing up brothers and sisters who are locked up does not mean I'm anti-immigrant. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that conversation also has to be at the table if we're going to talk about the importance of people being locked up in a cage. You cannot just pass over mass incarceration, which was signed by President Clinton and and Joe Biden uh, wrote that bill and just skip over it when you talk about the fact that more black men are in prison than those who were enslaved in 1850. That cannot be a conversation that you just pass over. So if we're going to be fair about this. There's so many different things. What Sonny and I are saying is be equal about the shit, like deal with both sides. And you notice this conversation, I want people to really get this. Not one time have you said, I support Trump. Not one time have I said, I support Biden. Not one time have I made this about, we've used as examples, Biden and so forth on policies, but not one time have I told you who you need to vote for, who you need to rock with and what you need to do. What I'm simply saying is know where you stand. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with Trump, Biden, whoever else, because Bernie Sanders, I've challenged him on race. Yeah, I don't give a damn who you are. These were the conversations that you and I met on, connected with before they ever ran. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Wrap this up in a book that this is who Sonny Johnson is and who she'll always be. My commitment is to the Black community. It will always come back to the Black community first. You know what I'm saying? And period, point blank, because nobody else is going to do it. And I, I, I've realized that you can't play, you can't equivocate. If this is the, le- the line that you're going to draw in the sand, it has to be a line that you're willing to fight tooth and nail for, even if a lot of times you find yourself fighting alone. And that's always what is going to be first and foremost to me. And I'll say this to the Black community. The only thing that I want to give is a choice. What you've been presented is a false dichotomy of what conservatism versus liberalism looks like. And what I would offer you is a choice to look at it differently. The things that we came up saying, like they will never let us have, they will never let us get, they will never let us achieve. I am trying to say, they don't have to let us. We can do it whether they want us to do it or not. And there are ways that we can start to build our own institutions, to to start rebuilding our own communities without gentrification, to actually start building equity and ownership and start giving our kids legacies and inheritance. Start being the people who protect and defend our families, not out of some social narrative or not against anybody else, but just because it strengthens us and it makes us stronger going forward. And realizing that our kids are in a tremendous position to be the arbiters of what happens next. They they are in just a fabulous position to take the technology age, to take the age of social media and social networking and join it with what we give them to create a new future that is run in a way that they can control and design institutions in a way that we never had the opportunity. But we have to be the ones that laid the groundwork for that. So it goes beyond us just being the best parents we can be and raising kids that can compete with the next generation. It also comes in to us giving them choices and then being able to see that There is not just one road that'll get you to where you're going, that there can be different roads and different personality types and different goal sets. And those roads are accessible. Do they come with speed bumps? Yes. Are you going to, and and let me say again about racism, what I'm trying to do is not going to solve racism. You know what I'm saying? I'm be upfront with you. I'm not trying to solve racism. In fact, With what I'm trying to do, we're going to create a whole bunch more races because as blacks become more successful, as we start to rebuild, as we start to grow, as we start to take over our own institutions, you're going to see a lot of these people who believed in white guilt and in a, you know, in a psychophatic way, understand that they are not better than us, that they don't have it 
And they're gonna, they're, you're gonna see the new generation of racism pop up in that. So I'm not trying to cure racism. Let me say on that, piggyback on that. I'm not either, from because it'll always be there. I don't <laughs> give a damn if you don't like me. That's why this show I always start out saying you can look for allies. I'm looking for straight shooters. I'm looking for soldiers. Nothing wrong yep. with having allies, but I want you to identify who you are. One thing that at least has come with this administration, I tell people best, best and worst thing to happen to black folks because now you being able to see people's true colors. Why are you so comfortable wanting everybody to sit back and not know who you are? Tell me who you are. Stay in your ass up. If you don't deal with me, guess what me. me? That's right. I, I cuss when I get around Sunday, but if you don't fuck with me, I don't fuck with you. I just want to know who you are. What I don't like is uh, hiding under the wolf, wolf on the sheep, under sheep's clothing, like when we talk about with Malcolm X. So I don't have no problem with your racist ass. I just want to know if, if you racist, stand over here. If you over, that's why we always say, get in where you fit in. You either with me. Or- I gotta, I gotta tell them all the time, Taz. Like you think, you think one cloud will stop a show? Like I see your racist ass being a cloud. What you think you will stop? me the day you can stop me i'll take you serious the day you can block me i'll take you serious the day you're smarter than me sharper than me any of those things that make you think you're supreme to me the day any of those things went over me then i can have a problem with you until that day sit your ass down and watch me take over because that's what this new picture is gonna look like i'm not gonna be sitting and crying over your nonsense now and i also want people to know that just because i'm not saying oh let's stop racism we all stop crying because i'm not doing none of that damn crying we've been saying people on nope. national tv it doesn't mean that i don't acknowledge it doesn't nope. exist that's a big damn difference but i want to say because this is really important this black on black crime shit. Nobody is saying. First of all, it pisses me off when we hear, well, "Where's the outrage for black on black?" It's people in it's the community been every there. day, right? And first of all, let's deal with this. It's people in the community, organizations in the community all every t- day that fight against black on black crime. And first of all, it's white on white crime, it's Asian on Asian crime, it's Hispanic on Hispanic crime. It's crime is always going to be within inner communities. That's a whole nother conversation when we talk about the data. But my point is, there's always been somebody there that are fi- that is fighting for a better community. They do not get the media coverage because you don't give a damn about it. So let's stop pretending that there's nobody there doing it. But secondly, the most thing, and I'm going to get the mic back to you, the second thing is when we talk about police brutality, we're not, that hasn't have a damn thing to do with black on black crime. What we are saying is when the homie get do something, he, he gets arrested and he goes to jail. What we're saying is when the government gives a person an opportunity to have a gun, power, authority, and they get out of line, they too should be arrested and go to jail. Those are two totally different conversations when we talk about correcting things within our community and the government that has given authority, privilege, and through qualified immunity, allowing people to get off for their crimes. Two totally different conversations. And that's another talking point that you see black conservative. Where's the outrage? Where's the that? And white folks, hey, let me ask you the same question. Where was your damn outrage about it before George Floyd? You weren't screaming and hollering about it. I went to conservatives and Republicans. It was like, when I first started, that's what I wanted to talk about. They didn't want to talk to me about, come on, they didn't want to talk about black on black crime. They didn't want to hear that shit. They only want to talk about it when these moments come up and they can use it as a shield for their ineffectiveness and their fecklessness. That's the only time they want to talk about it. But one of the things about black on black crime that, that really ticks me off is there is no looking into the numbers and actually understanding what they mean. So one of the narratives that comes out of the right is the good guy with the gun. How many times within those statistics is the crime the good guy with the gun? Mm -hmm. You don't even differentiate that. That it is a dude there that was like, you know what? You're not going to bring this crap here. And he defended 
the people that were there. And that goes into the crime statistic. It's not looked at as separate. It's not looked at like that was the good guy with the gun. So everything looks like a violent crime as opposed to a lot of them that are preventative because bullshit people bring bullshit to us and we defend ourselves as we have the right to do as American citizens. So they don't even look at the numbers to give us the appreciation to say that in a lot of these cases, it is us defending ourselves. It is us taking the ability to protect ourselves as something serious. And they don't even give us that benefit of the doubt as American citizens when they are supposed to be the champions of the Second Amendment. Right. Well, white folks get it because it's called staying your ground when it comes exactly. to Exactly. But when we do it, it's it's a valid crime stat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it, even in that, you can see how ridiculous it is and how they hold us to a higher standard than they would ever hold themselves to. And then when it comes to the state side of it and the state abusing their power, Y'all let the IRS come after the Tea Party and they're stomping their damn feet. But let some let a police officer put his knee on the neck of a man for over eight fucking minutes and you got nothing. Mm-hmm. Let them come into Breonna Taylor's house. You got nothing. Let them cover up Ahmaud Arbery's case. You got nothing. But you want to tell me you're the people that stand for limited government? You want to tell me that you're the people that believe in the individual rights? You're the people that um, believe in the Constitution? You can kiss my ass. And the reason that they're losing is because they do not equally apply it to every single American citizen. And that's why they will continue to not have the numbers necessary to actually fight this fight and actually win. And it's their own doing because they don't equally apply. Man, you guys are listening to my sister, Sonny Johnson. It, I mean, I, this can go on and on. It's hard to wrap up with this sister because we rap literally like back and forth on the microphone. We've always said my mic sounds nice. You hear how nice her mic sounds. And those who don't get it, this woman has been involved with the Tea Party early on. This woman has been pushing the conservative line for black folks. We don't gain a lot of fans because we're in spaces challenging those in those spaces. So when I'm on Fox News, I don't expect to get a whole bunch of followers unless they're following me for because I challenge Democrats. But then when they come to my wall and see that I'm black on black on black, bleakly, bleakly black, then they unfollow. So <laughs> so it is 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 the, the the position is very unique. If I wanted followers, I could do like some of those pundits did. And all I got to do is switch. All I got to do is say four words, make America great again. I'll be a millionaire in less than six months. It's real easy to do. And all you, I got to say is Republicans are racist. That's it. And I would be a millionaire. You would be a like millionaire. That, you know? Right. So we have both walked this line as women who believe in what we believe in as mothers, as poets, which means very creative into our spirit and why we stand as women that believe that God has given us something bigger to do. Thank you, Sonny, for not only just being who you are, but hold your girl down. I got boss lady. Always <laughs> yeah. a boss lady. You know what I'm saying? Always. Anybody that want to try it, call in the series and see, see, see if Tesla ain't <laughs> telling you the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love you, sis. Thank you so much uh, for chiming in with me today. And we're going to keep on with this movie. 2020 is our year. It's exposing the fake and the real. I'm loving it. Sipping tea every day as we continue to watch these fries fumble and, and fumble the bag and fumble their policies and their principles and everything else. We're going to keep on riding until we die. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. The Straight Shot No Chase with Tesla Figaro. It's your girl. Close it out with my girl, Sonny Johnson. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tesla Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, and our executive producer, Charlemagne God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.